Canadian Football League. Welcome to CFL Weekly here across the TSN radio network. I'm Andy McNamara. You can get me on Twitter at AndyMC81. Big show today, folks. Big show today. I'm going to be going to Winnipeg. Darren Bombing from our sister station, TSN 1290, Bombers reporter, host of CFL 60 on TSN 1290. Uh, really try to figure out what the heck is going on in the quarterback room with the Bombers. Alex Ross going down to injury. Mitchell Gale added to the roster. And what is going on with the Bombers? Can they hold on? Uh, Chris Strebler holding his own. Holding his own in his first CFL start. Remember, the first quarterback to come right out of college and play in the CFL as a starter right away since Anthony Calvillo did it with the Las Vegas Posse back in 94. That's how long. So we'll talk to Darren Bombing about that. We'll chat with TSN.ca's Scott Collins for power rankings and some fantasy football tips. And a special behind the helmet with Zach Caleros, quarterback for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Now this story, this I don't know how much crazier the CFL can get. You have Johnny Manziel joining with the, the Hamilton Ticats a few weeks back. And now 44-year-old Terrell Owens has been signed to the neg list of the Edmonton Eskimos. They have the rights to Terrell Owens. And the reason they did that is because Terrell posted a video of him running a 40-yard dash. You see what you got on there? You still rolling. 4-4. Four, four. Hey, hey, who here? What you got on there? Man, 4-4-3, four, four, man. Yeah. I don't know how accurate those timers are. They could have been set. He showed the video of him running. Did it look like a 444 dash to me? No, but he's got long strides. That's what the clock said at 44 years old. So Terrell Owens tried to impress somebody to pick them up. I think his choice would be the NFL. How likely that is, I don't know. But the Edmonton Eskimos putting him on the necklace. How crazy a season would it be if you had Johnny Manziel and Terrell Owens in the Canadian Football League at the same time? That would be insane. Unbelievable. All right, so Terrell Owens is there. Let's get to the top stories. It's time for Three Downs on CFL Weekly with Andy McNamara, bringing you inside the largest headlines around the Canadian Football League. First down. It is caught, and this is gone. Terrell Walker, 101-yard touchdown to start the season. Yeah, so top performers of the week, Terrell Walker, what else do you want? Right, for the Edmonton Eskimos, you have Mike Riley lost a couple weapons in the offseason, but Darrell Walker, first full season back, and he sets it off with an absolute bang. So Walker doing it, as the Edmonton Eskimos won that very odd opener, what was it, six hours plus because of all the lightning delays? So Darrell Walker... Big part of that, he's one of the performers of the week. And also, Charleston Hughes. Oh, my. In the Rough Riders' victory, 27-19 over the Argonauts. Three sacks. Three sacks. Welcome to Saskatchewan. Charleston Hughes. Three sacks. Unbelievable. you got to give it up for Charleston Hughes and the impact that he was able to make immediately. And that's going to be part of our Twitter question coming up. In just a few minutes. I should also say, folks, we're delivered by Domino's Pizza, in case you didn't know. And right now, you can go to Domino's.ca and get yourself a medium four-topping pizza for just $9.99. Four toppings. Get whatever you want. Four toppings. And if you're hungrier, add three bucks to that, make it a large. And later in the show, 
I will be giving away free Domino's pizza, ladies and gentlemen. Free pizza just for you for listening to the show. So stay tuned for that. That'll come up in the final segment. I'll tell you now after we hear from Zach Caleros in Behind the Helmet. Next. Second down. Luke was open for a split second, and I kind of floated out. I, I, I didn't see the guy coming at all. I could have just fired it in there and looking back on it. But, you know, when you're out there trying to make plays, you live and, buy, live and die by the sword, right? That was Jeremiah Masoli after the Ticats lost 28-14 to in Calgary. We know it's such a difficult place to play in, the Calgary Stampeders. Ticats have not won in there for a long time. Stamps have been perennial juggernauts the last few seasons. But you still lost, and the question now becomes with every loss, and more specifically, until Hamilton gets that first win. Because remember, the Ticats started last season so poorly, that long, winless streak. It bent Zach Caleros, it put Mazzoli in, and for the end of the season, the Ticats kind of got back into the playoff race a little bit, and Mazzoli played very well. Now, my question was always this. When Mazzoli got in, there was no pressure on him. The Ticats hadn't won a game. They weren't supposed to make the playoffs. The expectations on him were nothing. So, okay, when you're playing loose and nothing really to play for in the sense that there's pressure, what happens when there is pressure? What happens when someone is breathing down your neck like Johnny Manziel, like when you're coming into this year and the fan base in Hamilton is galvanized? What do you do? How do you perform there? Now, you look at the stat line for Missouri, 344. Yards? Okay, that's fine. What do those yards mean, though? That's so deceptive a lot of the time. You heard him when he threw the pick. He didn't throw a touchdown. Mazzoli did run one in. The bottom line is you got to win. And with every loss, the fever for Johnny Manziel, for Johnny football, is going to keep growing and growing. The CFL-TSN panel talked about what Mazzoli's performance means for Manziel. Here's Rod Smith. Back with a panel of Henry Burris, Matt Dunnigan, and Milt Stiegel. And yes, we're going to talk about what a lot of people were talking about coming in. Let's face it, the most scrutinized position in the CFL coming into the season will be the starting quarterback for the Hamilton Tiger Cats. And it is Jeremiah Mazzoli. And he did, Henry, have very good numbers, minus a big mistake at the end of the game. But he looked pretty good out there. How do you assess his performance? Like I said from day one, Rod, I tell you, Jeremiah Mazzoli is going to give this team the best opportunity to contend for a great cup. Since 2015, that's all he's done. He's helped Bell Hamilton out and he's earned this opportunity now. He should be on that field. Tonight he almost put up 350 yards yeah. in the air against. and put them in position against one of the best teams over the past number of years. That's right. That's right. And uh, and we're having this discussion because he threw one pick. Exactly. And they lost the game. And it's all about winning. I get that. And he won in 10 games last year, 6 games where they had won one at all in the first 8. And I tell you, this kid is absolutely in a position right now to be an elite quarterback in the Canadian Football League. I think he needs some help around him. They missed Terrence Tolliver. They missed Alex Green tonight. I think this football team is very close. He had his team on the cusp of beating the Calgary Stampeders at home. He needs to be given the opportunity to breathe a little bit, make some mistakes out there, and be a quarterback in the Canadian Football League. I agree with both of you guys 100. He gives them the best chance to Mm -hmm. win, Mm -hmm. and he needs a longer lease. Mm -hmm. But if they're losing, that's not going to happen. It's not going to happen because who controls these teams? Well, it's it's the way it is. Is the fans. The fans control the team. If uh, the those pre- fans aren't coming to the game, 
They have to make a change. Yeah. Right. And that change is we're going to have to see Johnny Manziel. Just, and, yeah, and don't fans. get me wrong. Regardless of whose fault it is, if it's Jeremiah, if it's the running back, regardless, mm. the main position you can change is quarterback. Yeah. They're going to want to see but Johnny Manziel But the fans want to know they have a chance to win, too. Yeah. Well, if, if, you're not, if you're not winning, then, it doesn't post, matter. They want to see Johnny Manziel to see if he can help that team win. It would be real, real bad. It would it would be it would be a catastrophe. I don't know what the results are going to be. I don't know what the results are going to be. Don't, don't I don't either. know. I don't, I don't either. Know. But to I expect know. a young man, but to expect a young man to come here, get all the nuances defensively, offensively, and go out there and be productive with the expectations that are on his shoulders to roll those, him out there too quickly fans would be see if a that can bad happen. mistake. They want to see if it can happen. They want to see if that does happen. We don't know that. What's gonna we don't know that. What's going to happen We don't know that. There's another thing to consider here, gentlemen, the schedule. Hamilton has probably the toughest schedule to start the season. Five games against Western teams. Next up after Calgary, they head up to Edmonton for the Eskimos home opener. That's Friday Night Football next week. I was the CFL and TSN panel. Couldn't disagree more with the guys, and I love them all. I don't think Jeremiah Masoli is an upper-tier quarterback in the Canadian Football League. I think he's a great placeholder. I think it's a perfect position for Johnny Manziel to be in to get a chance to start. Mazzoli hasn't proven it. In pressure, when it counts, had an okay game, you lost. And it wasn't that close. We'll see what he does in a tough matchup against Edmonton very early in the season. You gotta win, baby. Third down. As And for third down, it's the question that ties into our Twitter poll question. At AndyMC81 on Twitter, which player will make the biggest impact to the new CFL team this season? Defensive lineman Charlton Hughes, who we talked about earlier, three sacks in the opener. Zach Calares, who you heard there, led the Rough Riders to victory over the Argos. Defensive back Delvin Bro, who just joined the Ticats after some time in the NFL and previously in Hamilton in the CFL. Or wide receiver Adarius Bowman for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, who was held without a touchdown, without a catch in the opener, but big things are expected out of him. The CFL and TSN panel weighs in on who they think will make the biggest impact to their new team. Question one, based on what you guys saw in week one, who's going to make the biggest impact with their new team? Will it be Charleston Hughes? Will it be Chris Strevler of Winnipeg or back with Saskatchewan, Zach Caleros? Henry? Of course, it's going to be Charleston Hughes. Three mm. sacks. I mean, what? hey, ask Ricky mm. Ray. Defense mm. makes a big difference. He was mm. in Ricky Ray's backfield what? all night. Mm. Did you guys see that last interception? Hey. Ricky tried to rush the throw. Why? Because 39 was in his kitchen sink all night. Who's wow. the quarterback-driven league, Hank? Yeah. Come on! It's yeah. Zach Caleros. <laughs> this guy found a rhythm with his new football team after just just having 16 pass attempts in the preseason. I like what I saw in Zach Kolaris. I think he can recapture his form. He's going to have the biggest I impact. agree with you, Matt. You know, this what? team is going to go as their quarterback. You know, Thank can, you. Quarterbacks control the league. Come on, Henry. You know about that. Yeah. I can't believe you said Charles the defense. Don't addition. get me. Charles, no and he's question. great. But no. Zach, uh, if Zach a, plays well, that team Three, will three sacks. Well. Tell me a defensive end that had three sacks all week, guys. You can't yeah. find one because it's yeah. 39 in Saskatchewan. That many sacks right there can make a big difference. Ask Ricky Ray, most smooth, calm quarterback ever. Yeah, he was definitely not feeling calm at the end of that game. All right, that was the CFL and TSN panel. Who will make the biggest impact? You can vote on Twitter at AndyMC81. We'll head to Winnipeg next, TSN 1290. Blue Bombers reporter and host of CFL 60, Darren Bombing, next on CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network. 
Welcome back to CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network. I'm Andy McNamara. You can get me on Twitter at AndyMC81, on Instagram at AndyMCSports. If you miss any of CFL Weekly, you can get the link on your local TSN radio station website under the show page section, or I'll have the link up on social media. And folks, we're delivered by Domino's. Get a medium four-topping pizza for just $9.99. Do it right now. Hungrier? No problem. Make it a large for only $3 more. Check out all the delivery and carryout deals at dominoes.ca. Still to come, power rankings and CFL fantasy tips with Scott Cullen, as well as a special behind the helmet with Rough Riders quarterback, Zach Caleros. But first, though, one of the more interesting storylines to start the year in the Canadian Football League is the Winnipeg Blue Bombers quarterback room. Chris Strebler made his debut fresh out of college. And now Alex Ross is injured. You have another body in there. The quarterback room in Winnipeg is a mess. To help me sort it all out, I chatted with Darren Bombing from TSN 1290 in Winnipeg. He's the Blue Bombers reporter and host of CFL 60. Chatted with him a little bit earlier. Darren, the quarterback situation with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers continues to get more interesting, not necessarily in a good way. We now have Alex Ross going down for four to six weeks. He, of course, accompanies Matt Nichols, the starter who's out. We got Chris Strebler, Stone Cold Strebler. He played well in his debut. Uh, what should we make? Mitchell Gale is added as, as depth. Like, what do you make of this quarterback room now compared to what we were all anticipating in training camp? Yeah, it is pretty wild, isn't it, Andy? Yeah. You know, to, to think, you know, almost a month ago, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers quarterback room looked to be Matt Nichols, Darian Durant, and Alex Ross. And here we are in week two and their game on Friday in Montreal. And you've got Chris Streveler, who is brand new to the CFL, uh, Brian Bennett, who was unemployed three, four weeks ago, huh. and Mitchell Gale, same situation, you know, now in his sixth year in the CFL, and I think it's his fifth or sixth team. So, right. uh, you know, the Blue Bombers are treading water, and, uh, you know, sometimes people can take that in a negative connotation, but you look back to week one, and the Blue Bombers going up against the best quarterback and probably the best player overall in the entire CFL in, uh, in Mike Riley, and they for the most part, got the job done with a guy in Chris Strebler who's 23 years old, straight out of college. It was a matter of months between playing for the South Dakota Coyotes and making his pro debut for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers in week one. And they were right down to the wire. You know, it was Mike Riley being Mike Riley late in that game and orchestrating a nine-play, or sorry, 13-play, 90-yard drive and a two-point convert to tie the game. And then a few plays later, uh, they had a game-winning field goal as uh, as the clock essentially expired on a game that spanned six hours. Oh. So, yeah, the quarterback stable is in complete flux right now following that injury to Alex Ross. Looks like he got, you know, nicked up or tweaked something in his lower body uh, on a botched uh, field goal attempt. Uh, where, you know, he wasn't able to get the snap down. But, uh, you know, onward and upward as football goes, you got to, you know, the show must go on. It's always next man up. And, well, you got to sign three quarterbacks. That's league policy. You have to dress three for every game. And uh, I'm sure they don't want to hope uh, Mitchell Gale gets into action. They, <laughs> they want to see more from Chris Strebler. And uh, to be honest, uh, based on just last week, it's always an unknown uh, in that first game. But based on what he showed, uh, you know, really – uh, he's on an upper trajectory, and, and uh, talking to Paul Apolice today, Andy, he likes what he saw in the young man. Well, let's talk about that for a second here, uh, Darren, because you got, okay, Strebler, as you said, fresh out of South Dakota State, first quarterback to go right from college to a CFL starter since Anthony Calvillo in 94, <laughs> which is wild. So if we look at the numbers from Strebler, 
178 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions. What I liked out of that was we saw an overcomer. We saw him struggle a little bit, right, turn the ball over, but then come back and then continue to come back after another turnover. So I liked, I liked what I saw there. The moment didn't seem too big for him. I think we have to keep that game a little bit on its own because of how long the delays were and, and all that. But overall, the numbers aren't going to wow you, but for a day one, right, your first dip into the CFL, I thought the kid did pretty good. Well, context is everything, right? Yeah. We know that in football. Sure, a, a quarterback can throw two interceptions, but were they Hail Marys? Were they the yes. last play of the first half? Well, you know, uh, were, were they an easy throw that, that maybe shouldn't have been intercepted? I think a Ricky Race pass uh, in week one, uh, you sure. know, one that maybe got away from him, probably, you know, uh, definitely not a, a Ricky-type football. As a, you know, it was kind of a wobbler. But uh, in Chris Strebler's case, let's look at his two interceptions. The first was very early in the game, and I would challenge you to show me uh, a better play made by middle linebacker J.C. Sherrod in being able to get his arms underneath that ball on a, on a crossing route, sure. uh, not a deep ball downfield, and he just made a heck of a play on it. The second one, I'll probably hang that one on Chris Strebler, but again, the context is it was a two-point conversion attempt. Uh, he looked a little bit lost on the play. You know, you could see him going to the sidelines. You could see him on TSN kind of, you know, shrugging his shoulders saying, well, oh, well, it's a two-point convert. Uh, it, it did look like a little bit of confusion there, but, but that's what you want to see from a young quarterback is the ability to bounce back from that. The Blue Bombers wanted Chris Trevler to be responsible with the football. And outside of those two plays, he was responsible with the football. Um, you know, the, as you mentioned, the, the 178 yards are, I'm not, you know, right in that, that area, that's not going to blow the doors off anybody. You know, some people expected more uh, utilage of Andrew Harris, you know, mm. 14 carries, uh, 77 yards, averaging five and a half yards a carry, just a couple catches, wasn't too uh, effective um, or, pr- or productive in the pass game. But, you know, overall, I thought this Blue Bombers offense did its job. So one thing we know about Chris Trevler as well is he is extremely intelligent in two different ways. He got a bachelor's in kinesiology, got his master's uh, at South Dakota, and now credit hours short of finishing his second master's degree all during a five-year career of playing football in the NCAA. That's impressive on its own. Now he comes to Winnipeg, learns a a brand and a style of football here in Canada that he has never seen before, picking up those concepts, picking these in opposing defenses, and head coach Mike O'Shea. Shea, offensive coordinator Paul Apolis, even quarterbacks coach Buck Pierce here in Winnipeg all rave about Chris Strebler's football IQ and his ability to pick things up quickly and his want every day to learn and to get better. I think that's the maybe the feather uh, in Chris Strebler's hat over everything right now is that he is learning very quickly, and, and that's what they need from a, a young 23-year-old who's new to this CFL game. In conversation with Darren Bombing, host of CFL 60 and Winnipeg Blue Bombers reporter on TSN 1290 in Winnipeg. Now, Darren, you mentioned there, and I wanted to go there with Andrew Harris. I thought they would have leaned on him more. How important is Harris getting more touches? And, and if listen, if the play is not called for him, he can't do much about it. But how much do you feel the Bombers offense has to lean on Harris over these next three, four, five, six weeks? Well, that was the assumption following the injury to Matt Nichols. You know, he gets injured right before that second preseason game. He starts the season on the six-game injured list with a four- to six-week timeline, right knee injury, non-contact play in practice. Really caught everyone by surprise, and uh, there was some serious concern when it first happened. And, and that was the assumption early. 
this Blue Bombers offense, because there's no Darian Durant, because there's no veteran proven commodity in their quarterback stable while Matt Nichols is down, that they're going to have to rely uh, on, on the run game. But I think, you know, week one, Andrew Harris with, with 17 touches, he was used, but not overutilized mm-hmm. and, and definitely not leaned on uh, for this Blue Bombers offense to keep pace with a very powerful one, um, you know, led by Mike Riley, as I mentioned, Darrell Walker with uh, nearly 180 yards receiving. They were two of the top performers uh, of the week next to Charleston Hughes, the, the three uh, top performers of the week in the CFL week one. Um, but really, I think, you know, big picture with Andrew Harris, I'm not going to mention his age. Everybody knows what side of 30 that he is on. I don't think that's a factor coming off the season he had last year. Led the CFL in rushing. Was uh, you know had 105 receptions. Uh, was a huge part of the Blue Bombers' checkdown game. A running back has never had 105 receptions in the history of this league. So he leads the league in rushing. He breaks a record. Uh, in, in the, the pass game, uh, and then he's easily the runaway most outstanding Canadian in the CFL. Um, you know, he's playing his best football of his career right now, but I think, you know, whether it's, it's Jerome Messam uh, in, uh, you know, whether, whether it's Jerome Messam or any player uh, in the CFL that, uh, you know, is a little bit older and you want to kind of watch his pitch count. I know that's how Chris Jones described um, Jerome Messam and, and how he wants to handle him early. I think they want to make sure to not overwork Andrew Harris in these early parts right. of the season because this Blue Bombers team has not won a playoff game since that run to the Grey Cup in 2011. They've found double-digit win seasons, they've hosted a playoff game, but they want to find postseason success and start winning games in November. Andrew Harris is going to be critical in their, uh, you know, in their strive to do that, Andy. Darren, always a pleasure, man. Uh, it's going to be a fun ride for the Bombers this year. Let's do it again soon. Absolutely, Andy. Always good talking ball with you, man. Take care. That is Darren Bombing, one of my faves from TSN 1290, host of CFL 60. Follow him on Twitter at Darren Bombing. Power ranking CFL fantasy tips coming up next with TSN.ca Scott Cullen right here on CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network. CFL Weekly rolls on across the TSN radio network. I'm Andy McNamara. We are delivered by Domino's. Check out all the delivery and carryout deals at dominoes.ca like this one. A medium four-topping pizza for just $9.99. And if you're hungrier, you want more, we got you covered. You can make it a large for only $3. Get the irresistible marbled cookie brownie for dessert. Check it all out at dominoes.ca. Follow me on Twitter at AndyMC81. Instagram at AndyMCSports. You can vote in our Twitter poll at AndyMC81, which is which player will make the biggest impact to their new team? Charleston Hughes, Zach Caleros, Delvin Bro, or Adarius Bowman? Still to come in the show I'm going to be giving away some free Domino's pizza. Before that, though, some power rankings, some CFL fantasy tips with my guy, Scott Cullen from TSN.ca. Scotty, how's it going? Good. How are you, Andy? I'm doing good, man. What a, a first week in the CFL. I don't know if there were so many surprises, but there's still plenty of intrigue as we look at your week two power rankings here and uh scotty it'll be interesting to see what ottawa does because they really haven't done anything because they didn't play uh but uh, as far as if we start from the bottom yeah exactly if if we start from the bottom montreal uh still uh still hugging that basement yeah montreal i mean not nothing dramatic happened in the first week that that is going to cause you know major moves but yeah montreal is still in the bottom um 
I, I'm still of, of the mind to have Winnipeg at eighth, even though and look, Chris Strebler did throw three touchdown passes. You got to yep. give give some credit where it's due, but um, I kind of still need to to see more before I'm before I'm okay with uh, with him at quarterback. The one the one change that I think we can uh, look at this week is that uh, BC uh, may slide ahead of uh, Hamilton into six. Hmm. Um, again, you know, we're not talking ma- massive moves here. But, um, look, one of the concerns with BC has to be Jonathan Jennings, right, the quarterback who, who really had a, a poor season last year. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and while it wasn't an earth-shattering performance in week one, he completed 20 or 24 passes. And, um, I, I would at least take that as a positive sign. And um, so I, I give, you know, a, a little nudge up to the, to the BC Lions, but they're, you know, they're kind of hanging pretty close there with the Tiger Cats in the six, seven spots. Right, they hang, they win the Battle of the Cats. Uh, because, <laughs> yeah, really, Scott, because they won too, right? Like people talking yeah. about Jeremiah Mazzoli and all the numbers he put up. Uh, they, the Ticats still lost by fairly sizable margin, twenty eight fourteen. I know it's tough to play in Calgary, but everyone plays the same teams. So yeah. uh, Montreal isn't great. We know that. But the Lions still won, so that makes sense to me for them to to bump up. Uh, but as you said, that's uh, no mean a lock moving forward, right? Yeah, well, I mean, look, if Jonathan Jennings, I think we talked about this last week, we said like there's such a variance in my expectation with the Lions because of my variance in what, what could come with Jonathan Jennings, right? If he plays like yeah. two years ago, well, heck, the Lions could you know come climbing up the charts pretty quickly. Uh, but if he plays like he did last year, well, they could fall further than than they started the season to begin with. So, um, yeah, this is I, I would say a cautious vote of optimism <laughs> for the Lions after one week. You know, let's not get carried away, but um, that was a little bit of a promising sign for them. And and as you say, like Mazzoli put up good numbers, and, and you know, but they, the Ticats had problems punching the ball into the end zone. And um, again, not the end of the world. It's one week, and, and you're playing at Calgary which is obviously a tough matchup, but, um, you know, given uh, the difference in results, it was enough to to move BC up that that spot this week. In conversation with TSN.ca, Scott Cullen on Twitter, at TSN Scott Cullen, and you can find the power rankings on TSN.ca. Now, Scotty, let's talk some CFL fantasy. We've had a week to kind of digest everything. The value pick last week was Chris Streveler out of Winnipeg. He was, I think, what was it, 2500 bucks, and now he's mm-hmm. popped up to a, uh, a 6000 So the fantasy people have uh, I've taken <laughs> notice of Chris Streveler. Now, this, Scotty, to me, this is an interesting situation at quarterback still. As we have mm-hmm. said, not to dump on Alouettes. We love our friends out in TSN 690. This is not a good football team. Uh, the defense is okay, but for Chris Strevler, could at 6000 bucks, could this still be of value because you also can factor in he can move and get you yards with his legs? Oh, I think so. And I... I... You know, I, when I was looking at it this week, I, I, you know, I weighed the possibility of Strebler because honestly, if you spend six thousand on your on your quarterback, you kind of have, um, you know, you have a lot of flexibility in the rest of your positions sure. that you can that, that you can spend and, and kind of get premier picks uh, at, at other spots. And um, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not inclined to do it yet. Uh, on Strebler, you see, I'm probably going to be like a week late on on <laughs> getting real value on Chris Strebler because. Like I say, I want I want to see it, him do it more, uh, and because the quarterback spot, you you know, you get one spot a week, and I, I'd like to try. Um, you know, I tend to want somebody who's a little bit more established and proven. Um, but yeah, like seeing that that you you know they're starting quarterbacks there at six thousand um, dollars against the cap, like that's 
you know, that's a real opportunity, particularly because, I mean, you know, the one guy who's really super safe is Mike Riley, but he cost you 14000 Exactly. Like, like I, I mean... It, yeah, I can hardly recommend taking Mike Riley, even though even though I would say yes, he's most likely to give you the best week. But fourteen thousand is a lot of money to put on uh, on that one position. Well, and Scotty, what gets interesting this week is with the Red Blacks coming in, you have some heavy hitters at wide receiver. You have Spencer back. You have Greg Ellingson back. These are top performers, big impact guys. Trevor Harris clicking along, and we we spoke last week. Trevor Harris was one of our favorite fantasy mm-hmm, quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. But if you spent, let's say, a six thousand bucks on Strevler, that opens you up to take either Spencer Ellingson, both potentially, yep. right? Yeah, absolutely. That and that's. You know that's the the calculation you're making is okay. Is is it worth taking the bargain here at quarterback so that I can load up uh, at the other spots? And I mean, look, if you get a chance to um, add, you know, guys who are in the top five at the position, and you can get a couple of them, well, you know, that's a uh, certainly a reasonable judgment to make. Um, you know, I, I mean, when I'm looking at, at receiver this week, I, I'm still liking Daryl Walker. Mm-hmm. In, in in some respects, this is my um, my nod to to Riley is that okay? I'm not going to um, you know pay full freight for uh, for Mike Riley, but I'll take the guy who's his best receiver um, because sure. the price for Daryl Walker is a little over 6,500. You know he's up near the the more expensive re- receivers in the league, but you know I think I think he's a little closer to the rest of the pack, and, and you can justify that a little bit easier. Someone to track as well, Terrence Tolliver for the Ticats. Will he, won't he come back? Even if he does, I would caution staying away. Guys back from injury. Yeah. Scotty, right? You never know how much they're going to be used. That's a bit iffy. Uh, one guy I wanted to get to, too, Adarius Bowman out of Winnipeg. Now, come in a lot of hype. The question always becomes when you have a backup or a different quarterback from usual, usually they find different guys. There's a different comfort level just because either they're not familiar with the system or whatever. Zero catches for Bowman last week. Is he a candidate to bounce back against Montreal, or are you staying clear? He's 4,481 uh, $4, bucks. Yeah, I would. Um, I mean, I would steer clear. But in in some respects, I'm I'm a little down on Bowman in the in the first place mm. because he really didn't have a good year uh, for Edmonton last year. You know, I mean, he was two years ago he was top, top receiver in the league. Uh, you know, crashed down pretty hard last season. So, you know, I I, I get the idea that okay, going to Winnipeg, fresh start, uh, new opportunity. But you know, these first starts are with um, with Strevler a quarterback. Uh, yeah, I I don't feel terribly comfortable. Um, going on a, a Darius Bowman this week, and you know, like you say, like the price isn't unreasonable if, if you if you're of the mind that uh, you know he's going to get uh, more looks and, and more opportunities this week. Sure, you know you can you can make that play, but um, I'm, I, I'm I was kind of down on Bowman from about the midpoint of last season, mm-hmm. and I, I'm I'm waiting to see something positive before I go back. And for the Calgary Stampeders, this is interesting at the running back position because mm-hmm. it, it's it's a new look. They don't. It seems like for so long they've had a dominant back, and it's like okay, you know, go with Nessum or uh, uh, whoever over the years. Now you got a little bit of a mix, and you got former Green Bay Packers running back Don Jackson who had a nice first week. He's three thousand bucks for an RB two. He got fourteen point seven fantasy points against Hamilton last week. What do you think of a of a Don Jackson, or is there somebody else in that running back? possibly by committee with Calgary. Well, I, I like the Don Jackson uh, value this week. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, look, you know, your week looks a whole lot better when you bust a 44-yard touchdown run. Right? <laughs> like you, get, 
you get that one big play, you get the the six points for a touchdown, and, and that obviously applies to Don Jackson. But you know, when you when you come away from that week and he's got 12 carries, 87 yards, and a touchdown, you think, well, maybe Calgary is going to be willing to give him more touches in um, in week two. And and at that price, um, you know, I, I think that's a a worthwhile play. And, and this, you know, as, as we're trying to fill out a um, you know, a fantasy roster, and this goes to the decision you make at quarterback on Strevler, or whether you find a, a wide receiver who's got value. Like, if you can find um, somebody that that is you know well below um, market price, then you know it's probably worth at taking at least one shot during the week because it'll allow you to um, you know fill the rest of your spots with some pretty quality players. And I mean, on my team, I do have Don Jackson uh, this week because I think. Given his week one performance, it's a decent opportunity for him to get touches in week two. Uh, and if he does get, you know, a dozen or more touches, 3000 bucks is a bargain. Right. Uh, Scotty, great stuff. As always, people can find your work on tsn.ca and on Twitter at TSN Scott Cullen. Thank you so much. You bet. Thanks, Andy. All right. Scott Cullen with the performers or the power rankings and CFL fantasy football tips. Remember, if you missed any of the show, don't worry. You can go to your TSN radio station website under the show page section. Well, you'll see CFL Weekly there or on Twitter at AndyMC81 and on Instagram at AndyMCSports. I will have the link posted for you right there. We'll take the break. On the other side, we're going to have Behind the Helmet with Zach Caleros, new quarterback for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, and also free pizza, baby. I'll tell you how you can win some Domino's pizza next. CFL Weekly as we head into week two of the Canadian Football League. I'm Andy McNamara. Get us on Twitter at AndyMC81, Instagram at AndyMCSports. Big news out of Halifax today. Well, at least this first step in one for the Maritimes to get a CFL team. The group, Maritime Football Limited, reported by our own TSN's Dave Naylor, uh, met with at City Hall and the mayor, and it seems like that first step was met uh, for a business plan, so it continues for that 10th franchise. Very exciting to hopefully bring football out to the Maritimes. All right, well, I tried and I did. I got Zach Caleros, Saskatchewan Rough Riders quarterback, great guy. Uh, knew him from the Hamilton Tiger Cat at days, and this is somebody to watch, folks. I'm telling you, Zach Caleros, if he can find his 2015 form, Rough Riders are going to be the team to watch in the West. I chatted with him on Behind the Helmet a little bit earlier on. Quarterback for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, Zach Caleros, joins me on Behind the Helmet. Zach, how you doing, brother? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for having me on. No problem. So, in Hamilton for quite a while, now you're out in the prairies in Saskatchewan. What's the biggest difference to you, whether it's lifestyle-wise, people-wise, whatever, from going from Hamilton into Saskatchewan? Uh, you know, I think they're both great fan bases. Um, you know, since I arrived here in uh, Saskatchewan, the fans have been uh, just terrific and uh, a ton of support here. Um, obviously, from a lifestyle perspective, it's a little different in southern Ontario than it is out here uh, in Regina. But you know, I'm really, really enjoying it, and uh, you know, can't wait for the season to start. Have you gotten your customized watermelon head yet? <laughs> I have not. I have not. They don't sell them in the store, so right. I guess you actually have to cut open a watermelon and put it on your head. So, right there, you go, fans. He's gonna get that done. That's right. Get Zach's head, uh, hat size and make him a watermelon hat. There you go. Uh, <laughs> Zach, trivia question for you. Do you know the famous singer that was born in your hometown of Steubenville, Ohio? 
Uh, I never got to meet him personally, but yeah, it's uh, Dino Crescetti Martin. Oh, that a boy. One of my all-time faves. I, I figure you, you what, his name's probably up in, in town a little bit, right? Oh, yeah. They got murals, and uh, I think actually the Dean Martin Festival started t- today, uh, oh, along wow. with the Greek Festival paired up with that. So, yeah. I want, to, I want to go to that one day. He's one of my all-time faves. All right. Uh, now, in, in Saskatchewan, you're in Regina. What are you doing on your downtime? You're not studying the playbook for a moment. Let's pretend. Uh, what are you doing? Are you video games? Are you reading? What are you doing? Yeah, I haven't been here too long, but, uh, you know, I do enjoy reading, so I read a bit. Um, you know, and just getting out and exploring a little bit of uh, other town. You know, just kind of parks uh, right down the road and, uh, you know, I've had to drive to the border uh, to renew my work permit. You know, I've, I've been able to drive two hours north of Saskatoon. So I feel like I've been all over the province. And, uh, but, you know, during the off time, uh, kind of relaxing, you know, maybe watching some Netflix or reading a book. Now, what type of book? Are you reading anything in particular or any type of author you like? Uh, no, I, I kind of bounce around. I, I usually have about four or five that I'm actively uh, trying to get done. And that's, that's uh that's a problem that I have. I get about halfway through. I find something else I like. I start it, and then uh, I usually finish something about six months later. Right. Now, you mentioned Netflix. Are you uh, binging any shows right now? What are, you, what are you looking at on Netflix? Man, I think I've watched pretty much everything, but uh, I was watching the other night. I started a show called, uh, I think, The Staircase, the documentary. Oh. Uh, about, I think, uh, a woman fell down the stairs, and they uh, charged the the husband with murder so waiting to see what happens in that case oh uh, you know you know what i saw that i'll have to check that out okay staircase everybody yeah. uh on, yeah. on netflix uh now zach pre-game meals and that might alter depending on maybe the the meal selection in uh in regina there but typically what's your go-to for your pre-game meal yeah i usually try to go with something light um you know around if i'm playing a seven o'clock game usually eat about two thirty or three uh, a chicken breast, a salad, and some vegetables, something, but, but not not too much. I'm usually not too hungry. You know, you, you, the nerves tend to sit it, set in on game day, and, uh, you know, you don't want to be too full out there on the field. And as far as uh, from what you've met with your new teammates, and is there, there anybody who stands out to you as a, a, a practical joker, as somebody who's kind of a little quirky that you uh, that, that has stood out to you so far? Uh, you know, we got, we got a, a lot of characters here, and... Uh, you know, I can't, I can't really name just one of them, but uh, they're they're a really good bunch to be around. They make it, they definitely make it enjoyable. And uh, you know, I think I've said it before. When it's time to time to go to work and walk in, we have a great uh, veteran group here that uh, really pushes uh, pushes all of us. Now, Zach, let's say you win the Grey Cup. Ownership comes to you and says, Zach, we're giving you a blank check, buddy. You can go anywhere in the world on vacation. Where are you, and but you have to leave then. Where are you going? <laughs> wow! Anywhere in the world on vacation. I've never been to uh, never been to the islands in Greece. So I think uh, my fiance and I would take a uh, a pre honeymoon uh, to Greece. Had a boy. That should be nice. I've heard good things. And uh, yeah. and finally, Zach, dream car. If you mentioned you're driving around the province, if you could pick any any type of vehicle, what would it be? Man, uh, I, you know, I'm not really a huge huge car guy. I, I like big SUVs. So. Uh, you know, whether it be an Escalade or a Tahoe or something like that. Uh, you know, I've never, never really been into the small, small car. So uh, you're, you're probably asking the wrong person <laughs> if you're looking for uh, something luxurious there. Get a big old gas guzzler. And uh, finally, Zach. Yeah, one, yeah. Uh, one more thing as far as uh, now growing up, were you uh, a football fan? Because I talked to some guys and, and they were mainly basketball or baseball or something, uh, but yeah. not necessarily football. Were you football? And if so, what team did you follow? 
I've I've pretty much been with just sports my entire uh, obsessed with sports my entire life. So whatever season it was, uh, that was my favorite sport. But uh, you know, from a football perspective, I grew up about forty five minutes west of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So uh, we always cheer for the Steelers, and we've had a you know as a Steelers fan. I've had some really uh, good times watching them over the, the last 20 so years. Oh, Zach, I'm a Browns fan. I was at the season opener last year. Feel oh, pr- Pray man. for me, brother. Oh, my, my, oh. my mom's side is all Browns fans, so I, uh, <laughs> I share in your pain. I maybe Baker will save us. I don't know. Okay. Right. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> all right, Zach. Well, good luck this season. Thank you so much for taking the time. Thanks, Andy. All right, that was Zach Kalaris and behind the helmet, Saskatchewan Rough Riders quarterback. Big things I feel coming up for Zach Kalaris. Now, this is interesting, folks. So, going to give away free Domino's pizza, but there's some history for Domino's in Canada here. The first Canadian to ever win the worldwide fastest Domino's pizza making contest. So over 400 locations, thousands of participants around the world qualifying. Then they go to Las Vegas, the big old hall, convention center, to have the world's fastest pizza making contest and a canadian won. his name is werner lomker and i caught up with him a little bit werner now you have to tell me about how the process goes to become the fastest pizza maker in the world with all the domino's locations hundreds of locations worldwide tens of thousands of team members how tell me how this whole competition came about and how you ultimately want it to be the fastest pizza maker in the world that's incredible to me sure thanks um the final competition you know happens in may in las vegas at the worldwide rally every two years and about six to nine months before the rally uh, the three hundred thousand team members from the fifteen thousand domino's pizza stores around the world all have an opportunity to start qualifying through uh, local and regional competitions. Um, And then there's 10 representatives from international countries uh, going up against the 10 fastest pizza makers from the 5,000 stores in the USA. Um, So they meet in Vegas, surrounded by few thousand people and you go at it. Wow. So what's the pressure like? Because obviously you know how to make pizza, obviously you know how to get make it quickly otherwise you wouldn't have gotten to this point but you have as you said a, a ton of people around the pressure is there like do you, do you block it out like this this comes down to, to athletes too right we're on cfl weekly here football players talk all the time about they have to block out the pressure could you block out all those distractions <laughs> i think it's that's it's a really good comparison although i sound really foolish saying it <laughs> uh, when i tell people that you know this pizza making thing it's you know it's actually competitive and the pressure is kind of crazy and you have to train somewhat like a professional athlete uh, because as soon as you get up on that stage and there's you know these people are screaming and there's judges yelling at you uh, it's nothing like in the store and for 18 years I've been competing. Uh, I've had to learn to lose for 17 years because the, you know, the pressure can get to you and you, you really just got to block it out. It's all comes down to muscle memory. Um, you know, remembering to actually breathe when you're up there right. because, uh, <laughs> the, the pressure, it's, there's a lot. If you put too much pressure on yourself in the moment too, it's very easy to, to crumble and, um, and fall apart. What what were your stats? Like how many, so what coined you the, uh, did you have to make X number of pizzas in a certain amount of time or, or like how were, how were the final stats for you? Sure. So the competition, it's uh, making three large pizzas. Basically you have uh, just fresh dough balls that you have to pull out of the dough trays. Okay. Um, you have to hand stretch them, sauce them, put cheese on them, and then 
One of them is a pepperoni pizza, one is a mushroom, and one is just a plain cheese. So you have to make three pizzas as quick as possible. You have a judge uh, from one side yelling at you, and then <laughs> once you're done the pizzas, they take them and they actually weigh them, and you have a, another judge who's checking for placement for size to make sure that you fall within all of these specs of a perfect Domino's pizza. Wow. So... In the competition this year, uh, I completed that in 57 seconds. Three which pizzas? Was, yep. Perfect sellable pizzas. That was, that's the challenge. So, All right. So, folks, you if, you're in the, if you're in the GTA, you want to go to Werner's stores because you can, you, can, you can order as many as you want. They'll have them ready, ready for you. 57 seconds. That's crazy. Werner, plug your location so people know if they're in the greater Toronto area where they can uh, check out the fastest pizza maker in the world at Domino's. Okay, excellent. Uh, we have four stores in Mississauga. Uh, we have four stores in Brampton. And then we also have a couple stores. They're out in Paris and Simcoe, Ontario. Man. So we'd love to see you. Wherever you're listening across the CFL Weekly and TSN Radio Network, if you're in the area, check out Werner's stores. Werner, congrats, man, on being the fastest Domino's pizza maker in the world. Very cool. Thank you very much, Andy. This was a pleasure. All right, that was a Werner Lomker, fastest pizza maker in the world and got a treat for you folks to win domino's pizza i'm going to be giving away free pizza this is all you have to do my pinned tweet at andy mc 81 okay you follow on twitter at domino's canada follow at andy mc 81 and retweet my pinned tweet that has the cfl weekly link on it for this show don't Tweet the one that I am telling you the instructions on. Tweet the one that is pinned with the link. We'll have a random draw Thursday night, and you could win some free Domino's pizza. I uh, have a tweet in on our Twitter poll question. Which player will make the biggest impact to their new CFL team? I have a tweet from Danny on Twitter, at Real D Cunningham. says, Hi, Andy. I'd like to vote for Johnny Manziel. The Johnny fans each week, we seem we get at least one tweet. That's not an option, Danny. Sorry. Which player will make... The biggest impact to their new CFL team this season. Your options are Charleston Hughes, D. Lyman for the Rough Riders, Zach Caleros, our behind-the-helmet guest quarterback for the Rough Riders, Delvin Bro, defensive back for Hamilton, and Darius Bowman, wide receiver for Winnipeg. Leader in the clubhouse so far is Caleros at 40%. So that'll do it, folks. Thank you so much. If you missed any of it, again, follow on Twitter at AndyMC81, Instagram at AndyMCSports. I'll have the links for you there or on your uh, TSN radio station show page under that section for CFL Weekly. So for producer Sean Lavery and Keith Bauer, I'm Andy McNamara. You've been listening to CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network. Enjoy the games, folks.